Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the sixth weekend after Pentecost. Uh, uh, welcome everybody here who is in the building. Also welcome those who are watching or, or listening online. Uh, thank you for worshiping tonight with us. For those who are online, uh, just a regular reminder, you can go to our website, chapelofthecross.org, and there you can find under the resources tab the bulletin for this service so you can follow along. Uh, also, there is under the give tab an, a way that you can give your offering to the Lord and his church. And we appreciate your offerings there and, and uh, what a blessing that is to the Lord and his church. A few announcements for you today uh, regarding offerings. Our second quarter contribution statements are available at the Welcome Center. You can pick those up before you leave today. Those are in order alphabetically by last name. Uh, thank you very much for your continued good stewardship and your gifts to the Lord in His church here at Chapel. Please join us for evening prayer service this upcoming Wednesday night, 6.30 p.m. Uh, that service is a, is a short, mostly sung service of prayer, and it's a Really a wonderful respite to gather like that in the middle of the week and have a little prayer with our Lord together. We will meet here in the sanctuary, 6.30 p.m. this upcoming Wednesday. And Mike Miller from Day 3 Seeds will once again be leading a, a plant seminar this upcoming Saturday, July 10th, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Discussion will center around the many challenges one faces in, uh, as you do your garden and the solutions, hopeful, hopefully solutions, to handle those troubles. We will gather indoors this time in case it's too hot outside. Uh, you can sign up, please, at the Welcome Center so we know that you will be coming. That's this upcoming Saturday, July 10th, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together our opening hymn, God is Spoken by His Prophets. That's printed in your bulletin or you can follow along in your hymnal, hymn number 583. We stand to sing together. He reveals our God to us. 
Make our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Holy God, gracious Father, I am sinful by nature and have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved others as I should. I deserve your punishment both now and forever. But Jesus, my Savior, paid for my sins with his innocent suffering and death. Trusting in him, I pray, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Our gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, as a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks be to God. Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, your Son Jesus faithfully proclaimed your will and word wherever he went. 
Grant that we too may be faithful in our proclamations, even among those who dishonor your word, until your love reaches all those for whom your Son gave his life. For he lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading appointed for this day is from Ezekiel, the second chapter. He said to me, Son of man, stand up on your feet, and I will speak to you. As he spoke, the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people to whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle reading is from 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. St. Paul writes, I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise He heard inexpressible things, things that man is not permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool, because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given to him, that he even does miracles? Isn't this a carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house is a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Calling the twelve to him, he he sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. These were his, his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, 
No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated as we sing our hymn of the word, O Christ, our true and only light. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, what an amazing weekend we are in the midst of. The 4th of July, Independence Day, certainly a time to be proud of the nation that we live in. 
perhaps even a time to boast of the nation we live in. I mean, we do enjoy many freedoms that others do not. The simple fact that we are gathered together right now for worship is a display of the great freedom that we enjoy, the freedom that so many have fought for and died for, the freedom that our great nation was built upon. But despite all this, our nation is not above being humbled. Certainly over this past year and a half, our country and the entire world has been humbled by the pandemic, a humbling that even the USA, with its great might, could not get through on its own. Yes, even America, the most powerful country on earth, has, throughout its history, been forced to take a step back, to reevaluate, to pray, and to rely on the Lord's strength and guidance in times of great struggle. What comes to your mind when you hear someone say that they've been humbled? In our society, this phrase, it tends to be associated with positive events in our lives or in the lives of others. We often hear athletes and other celebrities speak about being humbled upon receiving some great reward or achieving a great milestone in their career. And humility certainly is a good mindset to have when we're experiencing the great joys of life, but that's not exactly the type of humility that Paul was talking about in our epistle reading that was read just a moment ago. Paul isn't commanding the Corinthians to remain humble in times of great triumph. He's encouraging them to embrace their humility even in life's most difficult circumstances. And unlike us, Paul, he had every reason to boast. He was an apostle of epic proportions, the greatest missionary who ever lived. At the beginning of our text, he even recounts a vision that he received directly from God. But luckily for Paul, God realized his temptation. Paul wanted to boast of his own achievements, but he didn't. In fact, he was unable to boast because he received a thorn in the flesh, as he calls it, a messenger of Satan to torment him. And this ailment was sent to him to keep him from becoming conceited. Paul wasn't humbled by his great accomplishments, he was humbled through great suffering. A thorn in the flesh. We can't know for sure what Paul is talking about, what this thorn in the flesh exactly was. Perhaps it was a physical ailment or possibly a spiritual attack. Maybe it was something entirely, entirely different. We can't be certain. But what I am certain of is that we all know the thorns in the flesh that we have endured, the ailments that have humbled us during our lives, not just physical suffering, but mental and emotional hardships as well. 
I'd like to share a story with you today. It's one that I'm sure everyone here can relate to in some way. About a year and a half ago, my family was humbled in a big way. During my last year of college, I got a call from my mother that my aunt had been diagnosed with an aggressive form of stomach cancer and the prognosis was bleak. In the weeks that followed, we received updates frequently with each test that she underwent until we were humbled once again. On top of the cancer, my aunt had contracted a bacterial infection and this had caused multiple strokes and she was now in a coma. It was at this point that we received the update from my uncle that there was nothing else that could be done, that human medicine had failed her. Prayer was our only option. And so we responded to our torment in the same way that Paul did. We pleaded with the Lord every day. With each update, family and friends, along with the members of my uncle's church, would pray. It's no secret, and it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone here, that we were hoping for a miracle. Like Paul, we were pleading for this torment to leave us. We were waiting for God to show his awesome power, a great heavenly display of strength, which he eventually did, just not in the way that we expected. After Paul's pleas to God, we come to a wonderful yet difficult truth. Christ responds to Paul's plea for help. It's a wonderful reminder to us that our prayers indeed are heard by our Lord, whether or not they're answered in the way we expect or in the time that we want them to be answered. God is listening and in his divine knowledge, he will answer them. Christ did respond to Paul, but it probably wasn't the response he expected, not the response he wanted. Paul says he pleaded with God three times, over and over, and it's here that we receive the wonderful words of Christ. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. As I said, these words are wonderful, but they're also difficult. In this one statement, Christ has given Paul and us everything that is necessary to overcome any hardship that this life throws at us. But what Christ does not do is immediately relieve Paul of whatever difficulty he was enduring in the same way Christ is with us at all times. We know that for a fact, but that doesn't mean that we're free of all earthly suffering. My family was searching for Christ's power in our suffering, but we, or at least I, was trying to find it based on my own ideas of strength and weakness. It's at times like this that we can so easily fall into this trap of self-sufficiency, 
the very thing that Paul is warning against in this text. We might search for Christ's power initially, at least, but when it doesn't appear when or where or in the way that we expect it to, we turn to ourselves. We try to overcome our weakness on our own. This is our tendency as fallen humans, but it is always a fruitless task. Christ's power doesn't operate according to human standards of strength and weakness. Paul learned this when he finally received that response to his continuous pleading. I'm sure Paul felt weak, and he maybe even felt like God had abandoned him. But Christ's response shows us where our trust must ultimately lie. It must be in him, because our strength is not sufficient. His strength is sufficient. Even in our weakest moments, no matter how helpless we feel or how hopeless our situation may seem, Christ's power is with us. We can't just throw off our human weakness and be done with it. It's part of the fallen condition we live in. We must embrace it because it's in our weakest moments that Christ's power rests upon us. And we have proof that Christ finds power in weakness. Christ, in his weakest moment, showed the ultimate display of his power and affection. As he was hanging on the cross, barely clinging to life, Christ said, it is finished. And he wasn't just talking about his earthly life coming to an end. Christ had fulfilled his mission, eternal salvation and forgiveness of sins for all who believe. All of that in his weakest moment, eternal life and forgiveness for all who believe. That means for you and for me, all of that strength displayed in a moment of immense weakness. Paul understood this, and he resolved that he was content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities, not for his own sake, but for Christ's sake. My family learned this as well. In my aunt's weakest moment, with cancer overtaking her body, strokes paralyzing her mentally and physically, when it appeared that she would not open her eyes again. We had no hope in our own strength. Our only option was to follow Paul's example, to find contentment and even to boast in weakness because our hope is not in ourselves, it's in Christ. My aunt eventually did open her eyes and she was even able to live at home with her family for the last few months of her life. She certainly wasn't the picture of strength that we imagine when that word enters our minds, but Christ was definitely with her and his power was shown through her weakness. Over the next few months as she gained and lost strength, Christ's power was the dominant theme in her life. 
Each day she carried on through hardship, not because of her own self-sufficiency or her own strength, but because Christ sustained her. There was nothing else that anyone could do to help her in this life. Human medicine had failed her, yet she carried on. Eventually, her body did fail her, and in this ultimate display of human weakness, Christ's power was made perfect once again. I mentioned earlier that God did show his awesome power eventually. It was just not in the way that we expected and truthfully not in the way that we had initially hoped for. In a final moment of human weakness, as she came to the end of her earthly life, my aunt was content. She knew that Christ's grace was sufficient for her, and just as he promised, he gave her the strength to overcome. Once again, this display of strength wasn't according to human standards. It was the fulfillment of Christ's grace and his power in the gift of eternal life. So I leave you with this, dear Christian friends. Whatever trials you face, whatever ailments humble you, you're not alone. Paul was content in his weakness, just as we are called to be. Christ's grace is sufficient for you. Even in your greatest moments of weakness, know this. Christ's power is made perfect in weakness, and he is with you to sustain you. Amen. Please stand as together we speak our common faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. That's printed for you on page 9 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord.
We stand for prayer. Prayer of the church is found on page 10 and 11 in your bulletin. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord God, you are our source of strength and we praise you for the assurance of your presence. By your power, come to those who are ill or infirm. And today we especially remember Marla Ackerman as she is hospitalized, Pastor Micah Glenn, Audrey Lutke's grandson, Jamie Kirkpatrick, Audrey Lutke's daughter, Mary Jo Ryman, Mel Neustadt as he recovers from surgery, Debbie Steinbrook as she has surgery on July 15th, and Jerry Bolden's aunt, Dorothy Walker, as she is now under hospice care. Lord, grant them wholeness and faithfulness through Jesus Christ. Gracious Lord, you are a God of great blessings. We thank you this day, along with all those who are celebrating special blessings in their lives, especially Billy Phillips and her family as they celebrate her 96th birthday. Lord, we lift our hearts to you in praise and in thanksgiving for all of your great gifts. O God of grace and mercy, give your comfort and your strength to those mourning the death of loved ones, especially Sue Sistek and her family upon the death of her mother, Jackie Myers, this past Monday. We ask that you visit them with your peace that passes all understanding. Heavenly Father, we pray for the church throughout the world. Send your Holy Spirit so that with boldness we may proclaim the good news of Christ and tell everyone what he has done. Bless all those who shepherd your people, minister to the sick and the oppressed, and serve your church in any and all ways. Gracious God, you refresh us as we need. You strengthen our faith with your very body and blood. Grant that when we come to your altar, we come with humility and trust, confident that you will forgive us and strengthen us in our faith. Give to us the desire to live in Christian love to the honor and the praise of your holy name. O oh God, we praise you for your great mercies and your bountiful goodness. You have placed us in a land that has been blessed in countless ways. Move us by your Spirit's power to show our thankfulness to you every day by living our lives for you. On our fields of grass and grain, send, O oh Lord, the kindly rain, and throughout this spacious land, crown the labors of each hand. Let 
Lord God, as we celebrate the anniversary of our nation's founding, we remember those who forged this nation on the principles of freedom and liberty for all. We ask that you would continue to strengthen our leaders with wisdom and good judgment so that they may lead this nation to the glory of your name and the blessing of all of its citizens. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. Today, the Lord invites you to come to him for rest. Sins continually burden us. They weigh us down. In the Lord's Supper, the Lord Jesus himself tells us in a personal and intimate way that he loves us and forgives us all our sins and gives us himself, his body and his blood for the forgiveness of sin and the strengthening of our faith. Let us therefore call upon his name as we pray the prayer that our Lord himself has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. You may be seated.
we now take and eat the very body of Christ given into death for the forgiveness of your sin. And take and drink the very blood of Christ shed for you and for many on the cross for the forgiveness of all of your sin. We stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. We pray. Grant, O Lord, that the lips which have sung your praise in the sanctuary may glorify you in the world, that the ears which have heard the voice of your songs may be closed to the voice of clamor and dispute, that the eyes which have seen your great love may also behold your blessed hope, that the tongues which have confessed your name may ever speak the truth, and that the bodies of all who have tasted of your Son's living body and blood may be restored to newness of life. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our closing hymn together. Lift every voice and sing hymn number 964 in Lutheran Service Book.
from the places our God where we met thee. Blessed our hearts, drunk with the wine of the world, we forget thee. Shadowed beneath.